Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. I believe that's over in Matthew. And I may want to go there first. Let's just see. John 15, 5, 7. Amen. One of the, the strongest ministries that should take place in the local church should be a prayer ministry. Amen. The strongest relationship in the life of a child of God should be um, the relationship of prayer that they have with the Father. That should be their strongest ministry. The strongest ministry, and I believe the most active area of a life of a believer should be their personal prayer life. Amen. It shouldn't be their work at the church because their work at the church, the excellence of it will be totally dependent upon their um, communication with the Father. Amen. And uh, let's take a look over here. So we're going to talk about developing a prayer life or we're going to talk about desiring a prayer life. Amen. Desiring to talk to the Father. Amen. A believer's life is totally dependent. The success of a believer's life and the success of fulfilling their destiny and the assignment on this planet is going to be totally tied to how the child of God communicates with the Heavenly Father on a daily basis and constant. And the reason why this subject matter is so important because one of the greatest areas of ministry that is lacking in the church is people who pray. Amen, it's people who pray. And um, um, the greatest reward or the greatest manifestations that a child of God can receive in their life would be based on how they pray. Uh, Derek Prince in his study, um, study guide, basic uh, study guide for believers, he said the person who can pray and get prayers answered is the most powerful person on the face of the earth. But prayer is the weakest ministry in the church. It is the weakest ministry in the church. You call Sunday morning the greatest um, attendance in your church is Sunday morning. That's any church. It'll drop off about 50% when you go to Bible study. It'll drop off about uh, 50% in the Bible study. You call a prayer meeting. You'll do good if you get 10% of your church to show up. Immediately people will begin to disqualify themselves because they don't have a prayer life or they don't know how to pray or they are praying accurately and they will disqualify themselves for even coming or they'll assume it's somebody else's assignment in the church. And that is far from what Jesus asked for and we can see this in Matthew chapter 21. Let's take a look at this. In Matthew chapter 21, 
I'm going to add this. There will be no revival without intercession. <laughs> it just won't. There's never, been an There's never been a revival in a church without the entire church or the body of the church participating in intercession. There's no record there of there ever being a revival without people that would talk to their Heavenly Father. So we have to understand these truths that come from the Word of God, and then we have to begin to alter our lives and change our lives so that it reflects what the Word is asking us for and what Father desires. So when we look down here in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 12, it says, when Jesus went into the temple of God, this would be, uh, today would be the church of God, and cast out, and he cast out all them that sold. Notice Jesus is throwing people out of church. I thought you, I know you thought he wanted to hear everybody come on in, didn't you? Well, not today. It says right here, he cast out all them that sold and brought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seed of them that sold doves. And he said unto them, it is written, my house, notice whose house it is. So God determines the activity, the major activity that should go on in the church. He determines what that is. And I'm going to tell you right now, the major activity is not teaching. The major activity is not preaching. The major activity is not singing. The major activity is not fellowship. Those are not the major activities of the church. The, the prevailing activity of the church should be intercession. But when you go to the church, you'll see preaching, you'll see singing, you'll see teaching. And a lot of times it's coming from people that have no communication with the Father at all. And the American church is the worst church in intercession. It is the most prayerless church on the face of the planet. Amen. Praise God. If we go inside, <laughs> am I trying to get a message across to you tonight? But it's all true. It's all true. Um, when you see people wearing out and passing out, when you see people when ministry just wears them out, they feel like they can serve no more. That's a person that's been serving without intercession. Because he said in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. People who have an intercessory life and a communion life with the Father don't burn out. They're not worn out. They don't get tired. It's like the old saying said, they say they feel like going on. Uh, I forgot that woman's name. I forgot. I don't forget her name. She sang a song, I'm Not Tired Yet. Amen. Because people who get refreshed, amen, they're ready for the next assignment. When people act like it, what I do it for Jesus, just wearing me out. And then go down to the plant and work for 35 or 40 years for a check. Amen. That's what's going to wear you out. Amen. But it being in the presence of God, prayer has been in the presence of God. Amen. I'm thinking about Cecil B. Dominion, the Ten Commandments. When God calls Moses onto that holy ground. Moses went in with a bad hairdo. And he came out, man, he came out with a perm, praise God, that was fit for Egypt. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> God will cause you to look good if you stay in his presence. Amen. He'll renew your strength. Amen. Hey, praise God. They said the, uh, that's what the Psalms 40 says. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall not walk and not faint. Passing out is not, <laughs> is not the lifestyle of the person that's in the presence of God. It's refreshed. He says, young men's, their hearts shall fail them. And people will fall over through exhaustion and even cost them their life. But people that stand in the presence of God, they get a refreshing. Amen. Never start working so hard that you never have a time for refreshing. Never fill your day up so, so, so full. You, you got 24 hours to decide you're going to do with your time. But, 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 but don't go through the whole day and not have any time where you stand in the presence of God. And sometimes you don't have to do anything. It says in his presence is fullness of joy. Just being in his presence, you don't have to make any requests. You just say, Lord, I'm here. I'm just going to sit in your presence. I'm going to enter into the closet like you did. I said, and I'm going to shut the door and I'm going to sit with you a while and let you speak to my heart. Let you refresh me. Let you strengthen me. Let you give me a word so I can strengthen somebody else. Prayer means you are, you are equipped to impart to somebody else. Amen. Praise God. Prayer means once you spend time in the presence of God, praise just comes out of you. Encouragement comes out of you. People are not hearing about problems coming out of you when you stand in the presence of God. Amen. That's a sign that I've been absent from his presence and I don't have an answer for the anxieties that have come to my life. But oh, if you get in his presence... It'll strengthen you, amen. And this is what he said. We're in Matthew chapter 21. After Jesus got through throwing everybody out of the church, then why was he throwing them out? Because one word, dishonor. Amen. Dishonor. They were bringing him a ministry and a service he didn't ask for. They were bringing him a ministry and a service that wasn't making his church better. It was getting worse. And now he has shown up to the temple. That's what Malachi said. The Lord whom you seek shall finally show up suddenly show up and he showed up praise God and he and he wasn't he wasn't the sweet baby Jesus they talk about this Jesus was turning over tables this Jesus was throwing people out amen come on now look what he said right here people need to read that in verse 13 he said unto it is written notice Jesus is going to do what's written come on now notice Jesus lives by what's written Amen. The reason why he's changing the contents of the temple because what's in there is not written. They're not doing what I asked for. They're not doing they, the activity that I asked for. They're not doing that. They're doing something else. The last thing in the church we want to be caught doing is doing something else. And after he told us what to do. Come on now. Some of the biggest trouble I got in was my mama got home and we wasn't doing what she said. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> what mama asked for wasn't done. What she told you to get done didn't get done. And then you want everything to be all right. No, sir. Not in my house. This was trouble. <laughs> it was wailing and gnashing the teeth. Come on now. I don't know what house you grew up in, but I know the house I came up in. Mama wanted things right. Well, Jesus, the Bible said the church is his house. Amen. The house of God. The church is the house of the living God. And he said, my house shall be called a house of communication with God. That's what prayer is. Come on now. My house. You want to know what the church is? It's not what you've seen. If you didn't see prayer when you went in there, that's not what he asked for. If they didn't start with prayer, then end with prayer. When no prayer in the middle, you just come in and sing some songs and entertain people and get in and get a, hear a sermonette and walk out. That is not prayer. 
Amen. And that's not the house he has for. In Church on the Rock, I want it to be the house he has for. That's why I'm preaching this tonight. That's why we're doing noonday prayer. It's been, prayer doesn't happen up in here. <laughs> the presence of God doesn't happen up in here. And we're going to pray again tonight. It's nothing wrong with praying in the morning, in the evening, and at night, and in between. You'll stay refreshed all day long. Amen. Praise God. Let's look what it says right here. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. You're robbing people from the experience that I wanted them to have. People are being, where, where is it a den of thieves? You're robbing them of the experience that's supposed to take place in the house of God. And when he put all of that, manifestations start taking place. Amen. He had just explained to you what I just did, why I did what I just did. Come on now, you had to be there and watch Jesus turning over tables. You had to be there to watch Jesus turning over furniture. And then he said, then he explained why he did what he did. The reason why I just disrupted the ordinary course is because they were doing things I didn't ask for. The church can't be what we want it to be. It has to be what he wants it to be. It ought to be a house of prayer. He says, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came, came to him in the temple. Notice there was, a, there was a group that went out and a group that came in. Come on now. <laughs> Ain't wrong. Praise God. Praise God. Just make sure you end up with the right group. Come on. Let's make sure you with the group that's coming in. Come on now. He says, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple. Notice they were coming to him. They weren't just coming to the temple. They were coming to him being in the temple. Jesus is the first one at church. He said, I will praise the Father with you. I will worship you in the midst of the church. Jesus is the first worshiper in a local church service. If it honors him and it, and it, and it esteems him, he's the first one there. That's what it said in the book of Hebrews. And he's not a liar. Jesus loves to come to church. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you till the end of the world. If you honor my words, then I will manifest myself to you. I'll come into your presence. And guess what? If lame come in, they're getting ready to get healed. If the blind comes in, they're getting ready to get healed. Jesus wants people in here that needs a manifestation. He wants people in your church that needs a manifestation. He came to bring salvation. And the book of Peter said it's ready to be revealed. Healing is ready right now. Deliverance is ready right now. But he's got to be in the service and he's got to be honored in the service and it's got to be identified as his house amen it's got to be identified in his house doing what he wants done amen so they brought the blind and the lame came into the temple and he did what he healed them praise God healing ought to take place in the church people shouldn't be afraid to come to church because they say corona's out there Jesus will heal them at church if they need it he'll deliver them at church He'll deliver me at church. He said, my house is our house of healing. You can come to my house. But if you make it something I didn't make it, then you better get out of there too. Right. Amen. Praise God. If I'm not in there, then it's not safe to be there. But if he's in there, praise God. Heals melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Now, there's no weapon formed against you can happen if it's God's house and he's up in there. Praise God. It's the safest place on earth if he's there. But it's got to be a house of prayer. It's got to be a house that wants to talk to him. It can't be a house that just want to do their thing. It's got to be a house that wants to talk to him. Say amen to that. Amen. 
and he healed them. That means that the lame that had sickness and disease in their bodies, the blind, Jesus executed their redemption. He put sin where there was blindness. He put walking where there was lameness. He put back through redemption what's supposed to be in man's life. Man is not supposed to be sick. He's not supposed to be broke. He's not supposed to be lame. God didn't create him that way. So he executed a redemption to put everything like it's supposed to be. Thank God for a real church where you can get healed and you can get delivered. You can get blessed. You can get increased. You can live the abundant life he died for them to have, for all of us to have. He said, and when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things, what's supposed to happen in church? Wonderful things. Come on now. What's supposed to be happening in the house of God? Wonderful things. You're supposed to be living with a great expectation. Life's supposed to change when it comes to church. Nothing's supposed to change. He said, nothing's supposed to stay the same. He said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. We should be getting more of what he died for us to have. We should be getting more of what he's having right now in heaven. The Bible said, as he is right now, so are we in this world. All of us should be living with more. But it happens in his presence. It happens where there's a place of prayer and intercession. Amen. Let's go down here and look a little bit further. He said, and he says, and they saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple saying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. And they were so displeased. See, religious people don't care about what God wants in the, in the church. They displeased with the blessing. They get displeased by the wonderful works, but they find doing stuff that steals benefit from the people. They're fine doing, doing things that's not what Jesus asked for. No, praise God. He says right here, he says they begin to declare Jesus. Hosanna means save. They begin to see God's salvation manifested in the church. And he said unto, and, and, and he said, and, and said unto him, hearest thou what these are saying? And Jesus said unto them, yes, have you not read out of the mouth of babes and suckling? Thou has, has, thou has perfected praise. So I remember Larry Lee said it like this. It has to go from a house of purity to a house of, to a house of purity to a house of, of, of uh, and then into a house of power, then to a house of perfected praise. First, the purity took place. He put out what didn't belong in there. Then the power showed up. Amen. People started getting healed and, and people started getting delivered and manifestations started showing up, praise God. God didn't bring you here to have no manifestations in your life. It's going to take power to get you where you need to go. It's going to take power to get freedom like you need freedom. It's going to take power to get increase like you need increase. It's going to take power to get joy like you need joy. Power's going to have to show up in your life. Some things are going to have to turn that's going in the wrong direction. And Jesus brought a power to turn it. Amen. That's why we need him up in here. Amen. Praise God. And when they saw the power of God, they started praising God. Some people can have praise session. Ain't nobody got healed. Ain't nobody got delivered. Everybody's still bound and is everybody still living the same way they're living? That's not a reason to praise God. You praise God when things change. You praise God when things go to another level. You praise him when you see his mighty, wonderful acts. You see him when you see his power. We have the power church on the rock. We got a prophetic word said this house shall be known for healing. I thank God for everybody that got their healing up in here. I thank God for every expansion and increase that's taking place. But how many, how many of you know it's more to come? It's more where that came from. 
If you see God just heal one person, you know the healing is going to turn loose in the house. You see one person get delivered. You ought to know the power is working up in here. He's the same yesterday for forever. Amen. And he's doing it again. He did it once. He'll do it again. So we got to go from a house of purity. That's how we get the power. And then it turns into a house of praise. I remember Larry Lee went all over the United States teaching on prayer. He said, some people, when you just get started, it's going to be a discipline. You're going to have to discipline yourself. You're going to have to discipline yourself. This is how you discipline it. Turn over here to Matthew chapter 6. You're going to have to discipline yourself. Matthew chapter 6. Let's take a look at that. Amen. And if you got time to come pray, you come pray with me at noon and you'll learn how to pray. Amen. You'll learn how to pray. I always, you know, when, I, when I've realized that Dr. Jacobs wanted people to come to intercessory, I became a part of the intercessory team. Because the church is, going to, church is only going to go as far as his prayer life. The, indiv the individual believer is only going to go as far as their personal prayer life. You cannot let the enemy make you think it's safe to go all day without praying. Praise God. It don't take that long to pray either. Praise God. No, don't take, I can show you tonight, take about two minutes to get the blessing on your life. <laughs> Praise God. It don't take long. Praise God. Look at your cell phone and, and, and measure the conversations and how long they are through the day with the people you talk to. Come on now, you got some short conversation and you may have some longer conversations. Amen. But you can have those same conversations with God. Amen. Have the same conversations with God. Look what it says right here over in Matthew chapter 6. Now, Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Praise God. Tonight, we can just pray for the meeting. Amen. Tonight, I'm going to show you how to pray for a meeting when a, when a minister is coming to your city. Amen. Come on now. I'm going to show you how to get some. You can get blessed this weekend Amen. when the man of God comes. Yes, you can. Come on now, you can get, oh, praise God. That's what we'll pray for tonight. I'm not going to use all the time for preaching. Praise God. I would love to come in here and preach 30 minutes and we just take off in prayer. How about that? Come on now. Come on now. You're going to see some, you're going to see some wonders then. We got to shake it up. Amen. Jesus said, my house should be called a what? House of Come on now. There's the International House of Pancakes. What do you expect when you go there? Crabs? Crab legs, snow crab legs. No, you don't go in the International House of Pancake to eat octopus. No. <laughs> you don't need even going over there. You're not getting that. You go to the International House of Pancakes, you're going to get pancakes. Come on now. I went to the International House of Pancakes. What that pancake house I went to? I ordered Caribbean pancakes. Caribbean pancakes are supposed to have coconut in it. What else? Anybody ever had them before? Pineapple, coconut, and something else is another ingredient. It's something like it anyway. But anyway, they, I thought they was going to put it in the batter and fry it like that. That's how I want it. it was, I'm not even going to call the place out, Pastor Cynthia, because it, it may be somebody's favorite pancake place. And I say that, then they turn me off. But anyway, so, so, so anyway, I thought they it was, had uh, uh, raisins, bananas, and uh, coconut. I said, this is going to be good because they're going to they gonna put it in the batter and they're going to fry it like that and all of it's going to heat up together. They came back and they had all that stuff in little bitty cups and I was supposed to dump it on that. I was disappointed at the pancake house. But anyway, because that's how I would have made it at home. I would have cut it in the batter. 
One time I made pancakes at home and I put bananas in it and um, Pastor Cynthia didn't know I had put bananas in it. She kept saying, I smell bananas. But I had mixed it up and blended it in with the batter and chopped it all up. You couldn't see it. She kept saying, I smell, I smell bananas. And I just laughed and I just kept eating. She kept talking about five minutes later, I smell bananas. Well, praise God. God ought to be smelling in a session. <laughs> Come on now. He ought to be receiving your intercession. He ought to be receiving your praise in prayer. He ought to be, because I'm telling you right now, prayers are supposed to go up. They got, which I show you, they got angels up there with gold vessels ready to receive your prayers. Come on now. You can have a good life if you can pray. Whatever you ask me for, I'll do it. That's what Jesus said. He said, well, let your request be made with an S on it. Let your request be made known unto God. You should be getting care packages every day. Yes, you should. Praise God. Anybody here use Amazon? If you use it a lot, it's boxes always on your porch. If you use it as much as I do, it's boxes on your porch. If you, if you use DoorDash and, and all that kind of stuff and Uber Eats, it's always packages on your front porch. It's because you sent out a request and then there's a, there's a messenger that brings exactly what you asked for to your house. There's a messenger that's bringing what you made a demand for to your house. Well, the kingdom is the same way. Come on now. The Bible said, Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said, <laughs> how did Nathaniel, Jesus tell Nathaniel, you're going to see angels ascending and descending upon the son of man, which means everything I asked for, I got angels going up, taking the request up. And then I got angels bringing packages back. Amen. God came up with DoorDash a long time ago. You ought to be having dashes coming to your house dashes of healing dashes of increase you ought to be keeping angels moving back and forth the more you pray the more angelic activity you get on your house you better employ your angels you better not have your angels sitting around and not moving you better not have that angel holding that golden vial with your name on it look over and nothing in there and then you talking about this trouble on every hand Every time I look up, it seems like I'm getting farther and farther. It's because your, your progression in this life is made by your intercession. Amen. It's made by your obedience, your honor, and your intercession. Come on now. Look what it says right here, over here in, um, in um, I love this. He says here, um, over here in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5. And it says here, and when thou prayest, that's a simple phrase. And you got to ask yourself the question, when do I pray? Do I just pray when it's trouble? Normally, if a person prays when it's trouble, they don't know how to pray. Well, I asked for that and it didn't happen. There's no such thing as that. There's no such thing as I asked for it and it didn't happen. There's no such thing as that. When you, when you, and a lot of times when you ask for something, you better be listening because God may have to help you modify your order. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. And a lot of times, and a lot of times with requests come certain actions. There come some corresponding actions. Amen. When, 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 when Jesus' mother said there is no wine and then stand back, he said, feel the water parts. Come on now. He said that you fill the water parts. A lot of times when you make a demand, there is a corresponding action on your part. 
that you're going to have to do. And you got to be listening for what's coming back to you because prayer is something going out and something coming back. Amen. Prayer is always something going out and something coming back. And if there's nothing ever coming back, you know, I, I don't have a relationship if somebody don't talk back to me. Amen. Praise God. There is no relationship if you're doing all the talking and no feedback coming. That's not a relationship. It's always something coming back when we talk to God. Look what he says right here. He says right here, when thou prayest, you got to find out when. And some of you are too busy right now. I can just tell you that right now. Your schedule, if you're too busy to pray, then you're out of the will of God. Because Jesus had more to do than all of us. So he would get up before the sun came up. Amen. And he still got rest too. You don't wear your body out either. The Bible said he giveth his beloved rest. Amen. You ought to be getting some rest. It's vain to stay up night. It's vain. That's what it says. It's vain to stay up and, and push yourself like that. If you're pushing to yourself, that ain't God either because I know I already done it. You, you're extracting health from your body. Sleeping is a physical renewing to your body. That's why you don't party all night long. Because if you do it long enough, it's going to look like you parted all night long. Amen. Hallelujah. Say amen to that. I know what I'm talking about. I got some cracked up friends out there. They look like they drunk the whole Beaujolais. They look like they drunk the whole bottle. Amen. And you can't work like that. You can't work excessive hours trying to make a living. Don't you ever tell somebody you're making a living? God gave you a living. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look what it says right here. And he can increase you. He says, seek the kingdom first. And then everything will be added to your life. And having a prayer life is seeking the kingdom first. If you can, if you can go all day and you can't even pray the Lord's prayer, you're going to have to change your lifestyle. Prayer is a lifestyle change. Who you talk to is a lifestyle change. Prayer is communicating with the Father. That's what it is. And who you talk to is, is a manifestation of your lifestyle. Who you, who you exchange and converse with and talk to, that's a manifestation of your lifestyle. And I don't want to have a lifestyle where I have no communication with God. I don't want to have that lifestyle because I'm not going to fulfill God's plan for my life. Amen. And it says right here, not without talking to him. He says, for they love praying, standing in the synagogues. Sometimes people love public prayer, but they don't even pray once they get out of public. Isn't that something that people talk to you when somebody else is around? They talk to you because the right crowd is around. And then when that crowd is gone, they brand new. Is that, is that what they say? All of a sudden, they brand new to you now. So who is this? <laughs> and Jesus is talking about these people, these brand new people. They love standing in the church praying, but when they get out of the church, they never say a word to me. They like to talk to me based on who's around. In the corner of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Sometimes people don't want a relationship with you, they just want to be seen with you. 
because they want, they want something to be added to them. I'm preaching real good right now. Whether you saying amen or not. Some people just want, some people just want some credentials and credit just for being around you. And then once, once everybody's gone, <laughs> amen. God said, you're not going to treat me like that and live the blessed life. You're going, you're going, you're going, you're going. He said, if you're ashamed of me in front of men, then I'll be ashamed of you. Amen. In front of the angels of God. Hallelujah. Amen. But no, he wants to have a relationship with us. Relationship is based on who you talk to. And a relationship will always talk back to you. I love when the father talks back to me. He tells me what to do. He tells me what to do. Praise God. And with God, praise God, you done getting flim flammed and bamboozled by people if, if God will talk back to you because he'll show you what to do. Amen. In every situation, he says right here, he says, verily, I say they have their reward. Their reward is just to be seen of men. But you, come on now, when you, when you pray, there it again, when means as a time. Amen. God expects to have a date with you. He has an expectation of having a date with you. Amen. He says, enter into thy closet. There, there should be times when I, he's talking about time I pray by myself. There's individual prayer, then there's corporate prayer. What we're doing at noon is corporate prayer. We're praying over the vision of this house because it won't come to pass without prayer. There's not one promise in this Bible will come to pass without intercession. You got to make a demand for it. And one of the prophecies today, he said, you got to expect it to happen. Come on now, if you're going to go talk to God, you ought to have some expectation. Amen. If you're going to talk to God, you ought to have some expectation. You just don't send no prayer out and act like you forgot about it. I expect everything coming to me. If I order something at Amazon, I'd be checking. I'd, I'd get on Amazon and look on the orders that's coming. They said, well, we are a couple of days out. They got the little bar where it shows you where it's coming and how far it's out. They'll even tell you who's driving with your stuff and you looking there close enough and you order all that stuff. Amen, praise God. You know when your th stuff is coming. I love DoorDash, it's taking about 15 minutes out. Praise God, I know I'm gonna be eating in 15 minutes. <laughs> Come on now, Come on now, hallelujah. Because you get, a, you get an expectation. You ought to have an expectation. And the Bible said a white hot expectation. Come on now. It's, you, know, you know the greatest demonstration of a white heart expectation? A child that put in a Christmas list and you tell them tomorrow, tomorrow is Christmas and they don't put their list in. You ain't seen the expectation when you get a child like that. I'm talking about I can't sleep. I can't go to sleep at night. I'm expecting this thing to show up here. Praise God. How many hours is left to Christmas? Praise God. You ought to have an expectation. If you send a prayer up to heaven, praise God. The Bible said, if God said, if you know it's my will, then you know you have the petition, praise God. You ought to know, praise God, this thing is getting ready to turn. I think I'm going to go on and praise you right now, Lord, because I know it's coming. I have a white hot expectation. This thing is turning. It can't stay the same. Prayer is an exciting lifestyle, but you may have to just develop the discipline and say, when I'm going to pray. Sometimes married people can't even talk because they're so busy. You, gotta, you can get so busy that you got to find out when y'all going to see each other. Like that song said, when will I see you again? Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. Praise God. <laughs> you got, I mean, I know. I'm telling you. I've been married. Your life can get so busy, you have to begin to schedule time together. 
It's easy when you first start dating, praise God. Y'all praise God. Y'all don't own nothing. You ain't got nothing anyway. You just start needing. <laughs> I'm talking about the young ones. Amen. <laughs> praise God. When you first start now, there's no house to be. Everybody got cleaning responsibility. Y'all just dating. Y'all just seeing each other. That's not real relationship. Real relationships start with responsibility. Well, you got things you got to do. You got children to take care of now. Somebody got to get up and do breakfast for everybody. Somebody got to do the breakfast, breakfast dishes. Amen. Somebody got to do the laundry. That's when it's, and then somebody got to go to work. That's when it all starts. We're going to find out now how much you really want to have a relationship. Amen. Because somebody got to go to work. Somebody got to cut the grass. And when all those responsibilities start crowding in your life, and then all of a sudden, who is this in my house with me? It can happen. It can happen. You got to be, you got to be very careful that you can, you can, you can go through the years. And praise God. I'm still in love with my wife. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> I done been to the jungle and back. Praise God. Hallelujah. I done been through the whole thing. Come on now. <laughs> no, because when the children begin to leave, the house begins to get empty. All the breakfast is not required anymore. All the, all the laundry is not required anymore. And if you have let busyness break your relationship, it's a struggle. And a lot of times people will start getting divorces after all the children leave because they act like they were together out of a lifestyle of chores and a lifestyle of responsibility. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm glad they're all gone. Praise God. I tell sister, I told you we was going to make it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We, we're in this second phase of sweetness and glory. Praise God. We're in this second. Ain't nobody in there. We can talk like this. Is anybody here? <laughs> no, there's nobody in there. Praise God. Come on now. You got to get through this phase of life. I'm telling you, some of you might be in there. Get through this phase. Come on now. Get on those. I like what Dr. Jacob said. If you just stay faithful, it get easy as you go. Come on now. Praise God forever. Then you got them all at the, that's something when you go out to eat and all of them all around the table and you're telling Junior, quit slapping Sally and quit picking over the plate, boy, eat your oatmeal or whatever, eat your macaroni and cheese. But wait till the day it's like it was at the beginning. It's just us at the table now at Longhorns. Your eyes are still brown, just like I saw them back. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Hey, man, I done been through all of that. Praise God. I know what I'm talking about. You'll get to the end and feel like, who are you? You don't want to do that. Well, you don't want life to get so busy, you don't know God. Yeah. And the more, God, more stuff God bless you with, you want God to make your business bigger? You want bigger this, bigger that? Bigness take time. And you have to learn how to manage it. So that what he's, what you have acquired doesn't become your relationship. Then now you have a relationship of what he gave you instead of a relationship with him. You can't let the things you acquire in life become the, uh, the activity, the sole activity of every day in your life and not the God that bless you with the house. He don't get no praise. The God that gave you the career, he doesn't get any praise for that. 
the God that gave you the business and expanded and increased it, it takes more faith to live with prosperity. Amen. It takes more faith to live with God with money than without it. Because you get real hungry, you'll run up in here and do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Take a lap. I'm gone. When you get a little money, we say, take a lap. You know what? <laughs> I've been at work all day. And I don't want to mess up my new shoes God got me. I ain't running in. I can't run in these red bottoms. Can't run in the red bottoms. No, sir. Got to keep them red. <laughs> no, it's going to take more faith to live with God in abundance. That's why the psalmist said, don't make me poor because I'll steal. Don't make me rich because I'll forget about you. There are more warnings about wealth. There's more warnings about economic status and having abundance than it is being just content with what you have. Because, because there's challenges to forget about him. Lose a relationship with him because we still going to believe for increase, but you just got to realize the increase, it doesn't have my attention because it's just a resource. But the source of all things, I know where it came from. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The gold is his, the silver is his, it's all his. So I want to keep a relationship with him. Amen. Praise God. We talk about a personal prayer life. When do you pray? Because one of the reasons why people don't pray because they're too busy. Before, the, before, you're over, before you know it, the day is over. You're going to have to learn how to pray in your car then. Amen. You want to learn how to pray in your car. You want to, because the Bible said, uh, be instant in prayer. Men ought to always pray and not faint. But there comes a time you need to have a closet. Come on now. The closet is where real things happen. Come on now, praise God. Look what he says right here. He says, enter thy closet and shut the door and pray to thy father. People have to know how to, you don't pray to Jesus, you pray to the father. This is Jesus talking. You don't ask Jesus for anything, you ask the father. Whatever you ask the father in my name, I'll do it. Amen. Which is in secret, which means he wants to have a private relationship with you. And thy father which seeth in secret, Man, he see, you at, he see you head into that door. He see you head into that point of intimacy with him. He gets excited. Something's going to happen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You ain't even got to tell him. No, you just start heading to the door. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sometimes when you know where people are going, you know what they're going to do. Give God some praise in him. Amen. This is what he's saying right here. He's going to bless you. Praise God. We see you going to McDonald's to them double arches. We know what you're going to do. You're going to get a two all beef patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Probably going to say biggest size of two and you know you don't need all them calories. But praise God, that's your reward for going in there. Something happens when you go into some place. Amen. Depending on where you go, something's going to happen when you go in there. He said when you go through this door, something's going to happen to you. You're going to come out better than when you came in. That's what he's saying right here. He said, that father which seeth in secret, God sees people that have a desire for intercession with him. We see it shall reward thee openly. And I saw it, praise God. Whatever you, you, if you have a secret life with God, he's going to give you a public blessing. 
Amen. If you have a, if you have a private intercessor in life with him, praise God, he is going to have a public manifestation of the blessing on your life. He said, if you spend time with me in private, I'm going to bless you in the public. People are going to be seeing you getting the increase. They're going to be seeing the doors opening for you. They're going to begin to see favor coming on your life. They don't even know why increase is breaking in you. They don't even know why you're getting promoted like you're getting. They don't even know why favor's coming on your life like it is. Well, you got angels opening doors for you that no man can shut. You got, you got, you got supernatural manifestation of angelic favor and blessing. You got the supernatural realm working working for you. You got angels ascending and descending upon you. Praise God. You got a wall of protection around you and you got it going on. You better tell them what you're seeing right now. You better, you, praise God. You, if it's bothering you, you better leave because I got them increasing tomorrow. Because the Bible said he daily loaded me with blessing. If you didn't like the load today, I'm telling you, it's getting worse on me. It's another load coming tomorrow. Praise God. You ought to be living with showers of blessing coming down on your life because you are constantly sending up intercession to God. It's the most exciting lifestyle to live is a lifestyle of prayer. You don't get nothing showing up in your life until you talk to the Father. You need some public blessings so you can tell people how good God is. They need to see your car leaking right now and then they need to see you go into the private place with God and begin to tell him, I know Jesus died for me to have the best and it ain't about how much money I got in the account. It's time for some sweatless blessings because if I seek the kingdom first, you're going to add it to me. We ain't got all our stuff yet because we ain't gone boldly to the throne of grace like we ought to been going. Jesus is ready to throw open the doors into the holies of holies and say, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. You ought to be getting help in a time of need. You ought to be finding grace and you ought to be getting mercy of God coming on your life. Praise God forever. The church ought to, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And you know what? He gonna get one too. I just want to be a part of that house. Amen. Praise God. I just want to be a part of that house. The house of praise. The house of perfected praise. The house of power. The house, I'm, I'm after that, praise God. I know nothing happens unless you pray. That's why we sitting up in this building because I was walking in the woods getting bit all up by mosquitoes and I got tick bites all on my leg. I got, I got war marks walking through the woods. Thank you for the land on Dickerson Road. It wasn't no land on Dickerson Road, but I was thanking them for what we couldn't see. I was thinking I fully expected to come to pass. I was telling them thank you for all the money, all the land, all the equipment, all the furnishings, praise God. I'm telling you what you go into his presence for, it's got to come to pass. You are a powerful demonstration. You are a manifestation of the glory of God. Your job is to manifest. Your job is to manifest. Go in there in private so everybody can see it in the public. So now when you drive up Dickerson Road, you gotta see upon this rock, I build my church, I build my church. Now we gotta make it a house of prayer. You got the house now. Now what you gonna do in the house? Once you get the house, what you gonna do in there? <laughs> Praise God. 
He said, people coming to pay this thing off. What are you thinking I'm saying right now? What do you think I'm saying in private? Somebody going to pay this off. That means somebody's pockets is getting ready to get bigger than it was. He said, somebody going to pay it off. <laughs> so I believe it. You only get what you believe for in here. Can't be saying, I don't believe it. Well, just watch it, see the praise God. Just stand back and watch. They passed it down and looked at me. I didn't even know. Sometimes I just keep going. I've learned to move in spite of the obstacles. She said, you built a building in the middle of a pandemic. I said, who? A pandemic. <laughs> she said, anybody build? They're closing churches. The banker was kind of worried. You still going to build this? Yes. And you still going to fund it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we ain't like everybody else. People who pray are not like everybody else. Amen. People, because the Bible said men ought to always pray and not pass out. I am not passing out in a pandemic. I am not passing out because of what the money looks like. I am going to look to the hills which cometh my help. And if God told me to do it, then I'm going to fully expect it. All I got to do is just keep saying it. Thank you for the land. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. And it'll come to pass. It shall come to pass. Yeah. I'm going to reward you in the public. I'm going to take, I'm going to take what you said in the woods. I'm going to take what you said in the closet. I'm going to take what you said. And I am going to manifest it right there in the public. It doesn't matter what kind of environment is around you. Environment don't control your manifestation. So I don't care if it's a pandemic, a coronademic, I don't care what kind it is. Come on now, it don't control the outcome of my life. And some of y'all don't know how to live like it. Just stay around me long enough, just keep listening. Amen, praise God. He said, the kingdom is here. It's a whole new realm. He said, can you get up and declare, that kingdom has come. A whole new rule, a whole new government, a whole new dominion has come, which means we do not live by this economic system. I give you your daily bread. I provide your daily bread. Your daily bread ain't coming from your job. I took three million people out in the middle of a wilderness where there was no Kroger's, there's no Publix, there's no meal on wheels, and I fed them with manna. Amen. I made fed them with manna for 40 years without a grocery store in sight. They were eating Kentucky Fried Pigeons, whatever it was, <laughs> Kentucky Fried Quail out there. Yes, they was. They was out there. They was getting water out of a rock which means God does not base his manifestations. He does not base his supply in your life based on what the economy is doing. He based what comes into you because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If I gotta make water come out of a rock again, if I gotta cause bread to fall out of heaven, I am gonna take care of you. I'm the God. I can feed you in the middle of a famine. Praise God. There's nothing too hard for me. No, it's not. I'm going to take care of you. Yes, I am. Hallelujah. Look what it says right here. Yeah, that is. 
He said, but when I pray, use not vain repetition. Once I ask him for something, I'll ask him again. I just keep thanking him for it. I just keep thanking him for it. You saw my list. You saw my list. Okay, man. The children know how to make out a list. I love taking them to the store. I said, we, I said, I love taking them to the, to the, to the department store. I said, we go to the toy section. Papa, how many toys can we get? <laughs> Something wrong with them grandkids. I give them 20s. This is not enough. So you ain't even five yet. They're getting, they're getting this, they're getting this big taste. How many toys we get? And they'll come through there and just load stuff up. I want them to do that. I want them to do that. He said, you didn't even know how to get good gifts to your kids. Y'all done bought the best shoes for y'all kids. And you praise God and you knew it was going to be pushing your budget a little bit, but you reached over and got the new Nikes. Wasn't nothing wrong with the old ones, but it's something on the inside of you. They want to have the best for your children. Come on now. You could have got the other sweater. Amen. The sweater that didn't have the alligator on it or whatever. The little swoosh side on it. You could have got that, but you paid another $20 for the swoosh. Because the baby wanted because everybody else had that on there. You went on and forked out another $20 because it was your baby. And God said, you've been evil, know how to do good things. How much more? He said, when you seek, you're going to find. When you knock, the door shall be opened up. And if you ask, you're going to receive. Yes, you are. You're going to receive. Oh, praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. I feel an anointing coming on me right in here. Yes, I do. Come on now. It's a house anointing. That's what I believe what it is right now. Yes, it is. It's coming on me right now. Praise God. God going to do some houses up in here. Come on now. I'm just telling you, I feel anointing. I don't care what you say. I don't care about people getting mad at in there talking about houses. Yeah, let's talk about them. Everybody got one. Somewhere, why not talk about them? He told the children of Israel, I'm going to give you houses that you didn't build and vineyards that you didn't plant. Listen, when your child go to Target, they don't, they don't come in there with a wallet. Your children go to Target with you. They go to Walmart. They don't walk in there with a wallet. No, they don't. They walk in there with yours. They walk in there with yours and you in there doing your best. Yes, you are, because they're your babies. That is how much more. You got to answer the how much more question. Most believers are not living in the kingdom like they're supposed to. Most believers are still functioning off the kingdom of this world. Yes, they are. Most of them are. And the only way you're going to change, you're going to get in this world, you're going to get in the presence of God. Amen. What time is it? Where's the time gone? Praise God. All right, go over here. I want to go over here to John 15. He says, uh, wait a minute, hold it. Don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. Y'all moving too quick. Y'all moving too quick. You should have waited on that. He said, don't use vain repetition as a heathen do. They think they should be heard for much speaking. Notice, it don't take much speaking to get your prayers answered. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come on water. That's a prayer request. And what did Jesus say? 
get your bad self out of that boat. Quit living like the crowd. Get out of that boat. Come on up. Come on up to another level. Start living like I'm living. Because I, I don't need no boat tonight. <laughs> I don't need no boat. Come on now. <laughs> if, if God was able to sustain Peter without a boat, I don't care how long it was. He walked on water. The Bible said he walked on water. He walked on there longer than we did. Anyway, he walked on water because that was his request. If you don't send up a radical prayer request before you get off this planet, you missed it. Because he said, I'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that you asked or think according to the power. Come on now, you just got to keep the power working. Well, how did Jesus get the power working in, in, in Matthew uh, 21? He purified the house. When he purified the house, it became a house of power. Then it became a house of praise. That's why you don't want the world in your life. Amen. Amen. I'm preaching real good right now. Because <laughs> the Bible said, whoever you yield your members to obey. That's who servants you are. I said, I ain't got time to be serving the devil in no capacity. Amen. Zilch. I ain't working for you. If it's a matter who we working for, it's some places I ain't working. Amen. It's just some places I ain't working. Amen. There's some places you're not working. You told me <laughs> you had to get out of that place. You got to do the same thing to the devil. I don't work for you no more. No. Because you're trying to get me to train, trade a powerless life, my life of power for a powerless life. I'm not doing that. I'm going to keep the power turned on the whole time. I'm keeping the power turned on. And whatever I need in this life, God will give it to me. Amen. Whatever it is, whatever it is, he'll give it to me. Praise God. He gave us all things to enjoy. Amen. Praise God. God will take care of me. I don't need to work for you. I don't need you to provide me no entertainment. Amen. I'm preaching real good right now. Some of y'all ain't bought into the entertainment message yet. One, two. I wish that little girl was here tonight that would just say amen. I wish them little saints. Praise God. Look what it says right here. I got to get out of here. Praise God. Look at how late it's gotten already. He says, don't, he says, he says, be not therefore like verse eight unto them for your father knoweth what things, notice things is what is, you have need of before you ask him. So he already wants things in my life. Now he said he already wants things in my life before. And the word ask does not mean big. Let me help you with that word. It means make a demand for what already belongs to you. It means make a demand for what belongs to you. I'm not, you, you never beg for what has already been appropriated. It is already yours. You're getting in the word to find out it's already yours. Healing is already yours. Oh God, please be more. Oh, that is not prayer. I don't know what that is. That ain't even in the Bible. Not for a New Testament believer. Because the Bible said, by his stripes, you are already. So you make a demand for what's already there. This Bible says every promise of God is already yours. Amen. And every promise is yes and amen. 
Now look over here and um, in uh, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 7. And uh, this, is, this needs to be my last scripture. There may be one more. Because I'm trying to help you. Amen. This is going to be my last one. You got to come back. I can't preach you the whole Bible tonight on Wednesday at eight something. What time is it? Eight or um, two minutes in overtime. If you look at listen to this, if you notice that's the if, always remember the ifs of the gospel. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall demand. Yeah. Ye shall demand what ye will. So who's controlling it? You can get what you will. That's according to the word. See, all I, I studied. I study the Bible to find out what the will of God is. And once I find out what his will is, then I'm going after it. And it, that includes every prophetic word over this church. Amen. That's why I had to stay, start noonday prayer, to have, start praying over the prophecies over the church. Amen. You can only get what he said. So spend your life finding out what he said Amen. and then get it. Amen. Now, listen to this. Ye shall, and what ye shall, it says that ye shall ask what ye will, and it sh not might be done, shall be done for you. And that makes it personal. Amen. Shall be done for you. You get symptoms in your body? Yep, but I know they weren't supposed to be there. Amen. I just got them out. Because it ain't God's will for symptoms to be in my body. I know it's not God's will for me to be sick. Now, some people ain't figured that out. Well, you never know what the Lord's going to do because you don't read his Bible. No. No, sir. No, sir. I want to know what his will is. First John chapter 5, verse 14. You don't have to return to that. This is the confidence that we have in him. We ask anything according to his will. He hears us. Amen. And if we know he hears us, we know we have. We have it. So Dr. Jacobs is coming this week, right? Amen. So you got to prepare for that. You can, something can happen to you. Amen. Look over here in, in, in Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to just talk about that. Then we're going to pray this. Look what it says right here in Matthew, for, Matthew 10, 41. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Well, he's a prophet. I'm going to receive him. And I'm going to get the prophet's reward. What is the prophet's reward? The desire of your heart. When you go back and study in, in the Kings, 1 Kings, it's 1 Kings chapter 4, it's the heart's desire. 1 Kings 17, you study the prophet's ministry. It's, it's the prophet's reward. What is the prophet's reward? The desire of your heart. That's his reward. Pastors have a reward. I already talked about that. Ministry gifts come with the reward when you receive them. You have to receive him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You have to have a receptive heart to his ministry. 
Amen. You just don't flop in here and say, oh, okay, well, let me put something on me. No, you're going to have to receive him. Look over here at another verse. He's a, he stands in the office of a prophet. I'm sure there's going to be some manifestations of words and things like this because of this verse over here. Look over here, Romans chapter one. You have to receive him. Amen. How do you receive him? Father, we receive the gift of the prophet and Dr. Michael Jacobs. We receive him. Praise God. This church wouldn't even exist without Dr. Jacobs. It wouldn't even exist. And this is Paul. He was an apostle. Notice up here in um, Romans chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. Well, Dr. Jacobs is called to be a prophet, separated unto the gospel of Christ. And this is what he says here, what was going to happen when he got to Rome, to minister to the church in Rome, out of his apostolic office. He says in verse 11, look in verse 11, for I long to see you. Amen. Now I'm going to be seen. You're looking at a seen man. I make sure I'm seen. Amen. This is why the enemy wants the church closed because they got to see you. You stay home and watch online. All you can do is see me, but I can't see you. Amen. A lot of times the Holy Ghost will come on a person just because they, uh, the, the ministry gives just because they see you. But if you're not there, you can't be seen. Nothing's triggered. Why is nothing triggered? Because I should have been there. The Bible said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, which is, I never missed being in the presence of my ministry gift. It wasn't, it's not about coming to church. It's about being, it's about, it's about being seen by the ministry gift. It's about receiving the gift that is there. How do you receive the gift? Father, I receive the gift of a, a prophet and Dr. Michael Jacobs. Then I'm aligning myself for the reward that's supposed to be ministered in that city. And then he says right here, I long to see you that I may impart. Come on now. That impartations unto you some spiritual ability. Impartations for spiritual ability comes from being seen. You got to tell the Lord, I'm going to be seen. Amen. Listen to this. He says, since they, they part, that I may, listen, a man has to do that, or a woman. A qualified minister gift has to impart. One young lady, she said, and she really just, and she, nobody ever talked like that before to me. And um, she had some problems. She was here Sunday. She had some problems about being a member of a church because she got hurt in the church once before. And so, um, I was driving back past the church after Sunday morning and, and her car was still in the parking lot. And um, she came up to the car. I put, we pulled in the past and I pulled in the parking lot and just to see who it was, was talking to her. She says, you know, the message really blessed me Sunday morning. Amen. She said, Sunday morning, I found out where you came from. I realized you had a pastor. And now I know where you came from. Amen. I said, you really want to know where I came from? Come into my office. I said, come on. Miss Triana came too. She was with me. I said, come on in my office. Because I, I had Candace to take portraits of people 
that have longed to see me, that they may impart to me some spiritual gift because you only go as far as your impartations. So, so, so I got a picture of Dr. Jacobs, a picture of Pastor Diana, Pastor Nancy, Dr. Dufresne, Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, Dr. Summerall, Smith Wigglesworth. I said, that's my lineage. That's where I came from. You see somebody flying without a covering, run. And that's where she was, in a place that had no covering. Ain't nobody submitted to nobody. That's dangerous. That's danger. And you cannot be submitted to the congregation. You're here to impart to them. Where's your covering? Because that'll tell me who imparted to you. That's what I can expect. Amen. Everybody needs somebody they answer to. That they don't talk back to. Amen. Say amen to that. Say amen about the talking back part. Amen. It says in part to the end. Notice without a covering you don't get to the end. I said nobody's really ever asked me that. If you stay around here long enough I'll tell you where I came from. To the end you may be established. Notice God's trying to get you to an end and get you to established. You need spiritual gifts. And a lot of those impartations come through those prophecies that we pray over. Amen. Turn over here to Romans 15. We're going to pray about this before we leave tonight. Amen. You're going to pray right along with me. It says right here in Romans 15, 29, I am sure that when I come to you, as we call Paul talking to the Roman church, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. We're going to have the Holy Ghost put something in Dr. Jacobs for us. Amen. Praise God. You got to pray for what you want. You got to ask God to put something in the people that's ministering to you. Praise God. You're supposed to walk up in church with no expectation. Amen. I pray for you. I said, God, help me feed them. Amen. Because I'm telling you right now, you need to do this. You need to pray these scriptures every service. Come on now. You want to see something happen up in here that turn the corner for you and you take off and don't, we don't know when you're going to stop running. Amen. You let the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ get on you. It's going to take your life to a whole nother level. Now I'm giving you the scriptures I pray that I learned. My pastor taught me to pray in expectation for people come. You never just walk up in the church talking about it's service time. That means you came with no expectation. That means you put no order in for the service. Be wondering why they ain't getting nothing out of it. You didn't put nothing in it. Don't be wondering why Uber Eats didn't come. You didn't call them. Amen. Praise God. There's a lot of people here. Uber Eats did not come see them today. Because you didn't put nothing in. Look over here now. This is the last one. I know I pushed you tonight. I know y'all been out there working hard, praise God. But I push you tonight. Let's go to this last one over in Thessalonians. And the first Thessalonians chapter three, I believe it's in maybe second Thessalonians chapter three. Second Thessalonians, not Timothy. Maybe 
go to 2 Thessalonians first. Yeah, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, I'm sorry. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. Night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face. You notice God wants face to face. That's what the corona was about, breaking it up. Breaking it up. You can get some sitting at home, but you're not going to get what people get that are here. Now, let me say something about that. If you believe that it's detrimental to your, if you believe, believe, because you can't live, you got to live within your belief system. You cannot live outside of your belief system. That's the only thing that's limiting what we have, our belief system. If you believe coming out of the house is going to make you sick, then don't come. I'm not asking you to do it. Well, pastor told us to come. And look what I got into. Look what's done come over me. I think I'll call Channel 5. No, you stay at home because I don't want to see no news 11 and 10, 6 and 10 in front of my house. No, you stay at home. And we do not preach not going to the doctor. I have never preached that. In the history of this church, I have never, ever Preach, don't go to the doctor. I have not. I may have given you a testimony where I didn't go. But then I come back, I, I come right back after. Don't you do what I did. Because you may not live like I live. You go straight to Meharry. With blazing lights and sirens and get there as quick as you can. Because I don't even know if you have a prayer life or not. I don't know if you pick up and scripture during the day. Praise God. You go straight to skyline. Flight lifted. Tell them to step on it. <laughs> That's what you do. Amen. Because I can't tell a person how to live their life. I can, my job is to preach the gospel. I report and then you decide. That's the way this works. We have never preached that. And I never, ever, never will. Because everybody's at a different level and everybody thinks different ways. Everybody's commitment level to the word is at a certain level. So you can't give a blanket instruction to the whole church. You can't do it. That's why he said, whosoever will, let him come. Because it was a guy on there. He said, I'm going, I ain't closing the church. In this first Quran, he was a preacher. Talking about, I ain't going to close the church. I'm going to keep the church all to stay open. He was the first one to die. Yes. And then the whole congregation, one at a time, got up and fouled right out through the door. So I got on the internet. I looked him up. Turned on to listen to him preach. You should have went home based on what you preach. You should have been the first one to shut the church down and go out through the door because you know nothing about divine healing. This is a profession of skillfulness with the word, not hooping and hollering and playing around. That's not what this is about. You got to be devoted to this. this you got to give your life to this. So people have to do, you have to function on the level of faith you own. And if you know in your heart, fear is in your heart because you come out the door, you just watch online. That's what you do. But I've already decided what I'm going to do. 
And it takes faith. Faith is at all different levels. Now notice what he says right 90 day praying to see your face. They might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Notice there's time. Everybody's faith has got to grow. Amen. So this is going to be a faith growing session. So the three things we're going to pray, perfection of faith, the fullness of the blessing and for spiritual gifts and the prophet's reward. That's four things. Amen. You ready to pray that with me? Well, go on, stand to your feet. I want you to learn how to pray with me.